Hey, hi, listen. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like abandoning your sacrificial fire while on the ancient shores of the Aral Sea. It makes you vulnerable to trolls, either literal ones that magically pop out of your fire or online trolls looking to steal your information. Is this analogy working? Point is that it's surprisingly easy to hack anyone's computer, which is why ExpressVPN creates a secure and encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. So try it out, why don't you? Don't let trolls eat your face. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash more news. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash more news. And you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash more news. I was secretly the troll the entire time. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Even More News, the first and only news podcast. My name is Cody Johnston, and with me, as always, is the spirit of Katie Stoll, who is not here today, unfortunately, but she will be back next week. Don't worry about it. And hi, how's it going, everybody? Jonathan's here as well. Oh, I'm here, of course. Of course, Jonathan's here. And with us today, in addition to the spirit of Katie Stoll and Jonathan, the actual person, uh, is podcaster and author of Overthinking About You, Navigating Romantic Relationships When You Have Anxiety, OCD, and or Depression, Allison Raskin. Hello. Hello, Allison. Thank you so much for being here with us. Oh, thank you for having me. Before we really get into it, uh, we need to celebrate our uh, national holidays which there is one, at least one every single day. Um, and so today, the day we're recording, not the day people are listening, is National Egg McMuffin Day. Oh, come on, Jonathan, what are we doing? That one was exciting to me. <laughs> we don't need to do We don't need to do McDonald's propaganda. We're not here to, all right, get your Egg McMuffin for McDonald's, folks. Well, the reason I highlighted this one is because they started it in 2020 and they gave everyone a free Egg McMuffin if you downloaded the mobile app. And I'm not sure if they've continued it. But since they did it once, it's on all the national day calendars. And so they get uh -huh. free promotion every single Yeah, and year we're on giving 2nd. it to them. That's so interesting. So if I create any sort of national holiday, I can be on that calendar. Yeah, it'll get aggregated. They need content, you know? They really, yeah. <laughs> and then we aggregate it here on the show as the icebreaker for the podcast. Oh, I love it. What a great loophole for marketing. <laughs> exactly. It is incredibly easy to get a fake holiday. <laughs> So I guess, folks, go out, get an Egg McMuffin, or download the McDonald's app and get a free one. Uh, actually, yeah. So download, folks, all right, folks at home, download the McDonald's app and go to McDonald's and demand a free Egg McMuffin. Yeah, but they'll be listening to this too late. So prepare. Okay, so download the McDonald's app uh, when you're listening to this and mark on your calendars uh, on March 2nd, so a day before the, you're listening to this, that you need to go next year to demand a free Egg McMuffin from McDonald's with your McDonald's app that you'll have for the next year, I guess. It's a cruel joke that we always promote holidays that the people listening can no longer celebrate for a calendar year. It really is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so sorry, folks, but today, the day you're listening to this, thank goodness you can celebrate what if cats and dogs had opposable thumbs day? What? This, yeah... So this is, um, Allison, so there's a group of people called uh, Wellcat, and they make, like, supplements. 
but they also make a bunch of bullshit holidays. Uh, and uh, we've encountered them many times before. And this is a well-cat holiday for folks listening. And the quote associated with this holiday is, we are thankful today that our pets can't really get a grip on things. Imagine a cat being able to operate the can opener or a dog that can open up the fridge. So everything would be the same, but they would just have an opposable thumb. Yeah, that seems oppressive to be glad that they don't have opposable thumbs. Like, aren't opposable thumbs a ticket to more freedom in the world? You manipulate manipulate items and evolve. I would think so. I wouldn't. I wouldn't begrudge anyone a opposable thumb. Yeah, I think we should have more opposable thumbs in the animal kingdom. I reject this holiday. This (laughs) this holiday offends me. Actually, the the holiday's all about just like humans. Continuing to reign supreme in the yeah, world. Yeah, human dominance. Seriously. <laughs> but the, the worst thing it imagines is that a cat would be able to operate the can opener or the dog that could open up the fridge. They'd get more food is what we're saying would happen. Right, That's yeah. the catastrophe. They'd nourish themselves and be able to choose when uh, and what to eat. I mean, let's be honest. They would keep eating. Until oh, yeah. They, they would eat sick. until they threw up. Yeah, exactly. So we should Man, we My should cat threw up charge. twice yesterday. Ugh. One of them, one time was on my pile of mail. <laughs> Oh no! I had, a, I had a pile of mail. I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go through this," and then he threw up on it. And I had—I mean, I went through it. It was helpful because, well, I don't need this, and there's vomit on it, so I'm throwing it away. Uh, How anyway. am I supposed to judge this <laughs> offer from Spectrum with cat exactly. vomit all over it? Anyway, happy National Good Thing We Have Leashes Day. <laughs> well, cat, God. All right. I well, mean, when I, I when I see that, because like they don't have holidays for every day, but now I check because, in fairness, they have like the most fun, oddest holidays. Oh yeah, it's we. This is a bizarre holiday to decide to do and get as a holiday. Yeah, it's not corporate nonsense like whatever McDonald's. I'm sure next week will be McRib Day, and we exactly. won't talk about it mm. for another year. <laughs> sure. No, th- next year we got to be on the McRib Day. You know what? Fuck holidays. I don't mean that. Holidays are fine. Happy, happy holiday day. Allison, thank you so much for being here. You have this book that came out last May, I believe. Would you like to quickly just sort of give a quick rundown for our listeners? Sure. It's a nonfiction book that's sort of a blend of memoir and self-help that really deals with like the intersection of romantic relationships and mental health. So sort of like how do we form more adaptive patterns and habits when you're also struggling with anxiety, OCD, and or depression. But I've gotten a lot of feedback that even if you don't necessarily have those diagnoses, it is still helpful. Because I think something we don't talk about is that like it's very hard to date and we're all expected to know how to do it and for it not to turn us into the worst versions of ourselves. Mm. Um, but sometimes we need some some tips and tricks, especially about how to talk about tough things and medication of it all and so if this sounds intriguing or you're bad at dating uh, (laughs) or struggling even just uh, something to check out that's a good point too because i feel like there's so many people who like aren't like they're not diagnosed with anxiety or anything like that but it's everybody gets anxiety (laughs) right Uh, life is anxiety inducing and i feel like dating especially now it just kind of get i mean i haven't been in the dating world for a while but i remember it getting worse and worse so I don't know. I have to bring this up. I don't know if you how online you are. Um, if you're, uh, you treat your mental health well and you don't get too online. 
there was a video going around recently of this young woman on a podcast trying to articulate something about dating. Um, and it turned into like sort of a culture war thing about kids these days. They don't know how to articulate themselves. And it was more just they didn't like that she used the word like so many times. But her point was sort of about this, like the talking phases of dating and how it's this sort of uh, nebulous phase where you're like, are you, you're not dating. It's like you're talking, you're hanging out. And there's no, there's no like intention anymore, it seems, where you're like, I'm actually interested in getting to know you and dating you. It's more just like, yeah, we're kind of hanging out. And it's like, it's mm -hmm. so casual. And you have this instant access to obviously like the computer in our pockets that everybody has. And it wasn't always so easy to have like instant access to the person you're slowly getting to know right like you would schedule dates and stuff you have phone conversations but you're not on your phone like oh did they read my text or are they going to respond is this too late to respond like there's this extra anxiety uh, built into dating now i feel with that uncertainty yeah i mean i think that in a lot of ways there's more access to dating now especially with with dating apps and everything which i actually think are a great resource but it can also be really tricky because I think people get into this habit of not treating other people like real people in the dating space. And so there's a lot of ghosting. There's a lot of, like you said, like not having any clear intentions, a lot of like not sitting down and being like, okay, but what is it that you're actually looking for? And does it align with what I'm looking for? And so all of that uncertainty and unknown can really exacerbate anxiety and it can affect our self-esteem and like sense of self. And so, you know, one of the chapters in the book is all about how to date productively and what that means so that like you're doing it with intention and also so you don't burn out because I think that's something we see a lot is like if you're dating non-productively, you can have so many bad experiences that it can then be like, well, I should just give up or you'll, you know, get on an app for a month, burn out, not look at an app for six months, you know, and mm -hmm. so trying to sort of like get yourself into a, a more adaptive routine with it. So just like the way that we conceptualize dating, the way we go about dating is more aligned with like having a more stable baseline for our mental health. Yeah. Well, no, you mentioned ghosting in there and I had recently read the experience of a woman who says she was ghosted after six months of dating and i don't even know if you can consider that ghosting at a certain <laughs> point like if you are in each other's instagram if you're essentially you know a, a couple right after six point, months is that even... that's is that even like dating like oh we're like kind of hanging out after six months that just seems so long yeah do you feel that the length of time that can go by before a ghosting happened has expanded over the last like decade and what do you think is the is it ever okay to ghost and what's the time or date limit for that i don't think it's ever okay to ghost i have like a pretty firm line in that i mean i think there's a difference obviously for safety reasons if there's a reason to believe that you're not safe with this person but otherwise i think you should absolutely always at least say something and then there are going to be instances where that person is not going to let it go, you know, where like you say, I'm not interested. And then suddenly you're flooded with 10 messages every day for a week, you know, and then at that point, I think, again, you have to assess and say, okay, maybe I don't 
need to keep getting back to this person. But I think ghosting just really refers to when somebody disappears from your life without any warning or explanation. So under that definition, it really doesn't matter the length of the relationship. It's just the, the abruptness and the lack of communication. But it, it's really a harmful thing. And I think it's become very, not obviously not six months in, but in early stages of dating, I think it's become very normalized in a way that is super harmful. And I think, like I said, like leads to this idea that dating is a game and not something mm -hmm. that you're interacting with real human beings with real feelings um, and like the effect of that. And so, you know, on the one hand, I think you should absolutely always just be as clear and honest as possible. You don't need to get into like unnecessarily cruel details of like, hey, you smell, so I don't want to go out again. But I think you yeah. can say something to the effect of, I'm, you know, I just wanted to be honest. I don't see a romantic connection here, but I wish you all the best. Like, especially for people with anxiety who like sometimes they don't want to ghost, but the fear of confrontation is so overwhelming that maybe that ends up happening. I think it can actually be really helpful to sort of have a have a, a note in your phone that is a scripted response to end a relationship or to end a, a, a casual situationship where like it's almost copy and paste. So you know what you're going to say, you know how you're going to say it, and then you can just make sure that you don't, you know, continue the cycle of ghosting by right. always letting somebody know that like... I, this is over instead of letting them sit in that anxiety of like, but will I hear from them again? What did I do? Maybe mm -hmm. if I reach out, if I just say this clever thing, I'll, I'll lure them back in. It gives a finality for people to be able to like move forward and move on. Instead of, yeah, stretching it out and like kind of affecting how other people deal with their future relationships. And then it sort of like makes this feedback loop of bad behavior uh, yeah. that spreads <laughs> and then it gets even worse. Like you're saying, like, these are really good, like the apps and stuff, they're very good tools to meet people. And especially, um, you know, it expands uh, the pool of people and uh, diversifies all. Uh, it's, all it's all very good, but it is it weirdly disconnects people more in a way that it's I don't know how to reconcile that or fix that. Like in the actual app, like, I don't think there's a, a solution of like, well, we made the app perfect now. <laughs> well, I think it's kind of having your own guidelines for how you interact with these apps right for sort of having your own standards for what it means to like be a person who's engaging with other people in a vulnerable situation you know like it is very vulnerable to go on a dating app mm -hmm. not for everybody you know for some people it's a really casual thing that they don't think about a lot but you know, for the people we're talking about who maybe are struggling with anxiety and, and are struggling to find connection, it is like a big undertaking. And I think that the casualness that people swipe with makes people feel like, oh, well, I shouldn't be taking it this seriously. Why mm -hmm. am I so upset that this person stopped responding to my messages? When in reality, like, dating is very vulnerable. It's like really emotional. It it like, you know, can really rock our world in a lot of way. Because a lot of times it's not just like, oh, I'm giving up on this person I only went on one date with. Why would I care? It's I'm giving up on the fantasy of what I thought was possible with this person and like allowing yourself to like hold space for that. And then saying, how do I want to show up? And I think that like the way that we show up when we date really impacts the way other people show up so like the faster you are to like being your true self and like showing mm -hmm. up authentically it allows other people to do the same instead of getting stuck in that loop of like well 
what did you watch on Netflix or like the, yeah. hey, how are you doing of like these things that don't actually start any real conversations because you want to have fun. Like, I think it's become a, such a chore. But if you're like, hey, I'm going to go on this dating app and I'm going to talk about stuff that I want to talk about that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. It's also a way to like figure out like, is, am I even compatible with this person in the first place? Right. And getting rid of that sort of phase of like, well, I should like probably like agree with them uh, about mm-hmm. like this and sort of like making the idea of a person instead of just being yourself. Totally. And then you can get like it makes everything so much faster. Like I always say, I'm like, if 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 they're not going to laugh at a joke I make on the app, they're not going to laugh at a joke I make at dinner when we're stuck mm-hmm. together for the next 30 minutes waiting for the check. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. It's a so, way to weed people out. <laughs> We should probably, unfortunately, get to talking about the news. No, fortunately. Uh, We are. We get to talk about the news now. Uh, So the sound effect. Roll the sound effect. Hey, it's Katie. I'm hip, you know. I get it. We all want to be just like Freddy Krueger. Knife fingers. Scaring teenagers in their dreams. But the only way to master the art of dream fear is to actually get sleep. Which is why I take CBD from Nextevo Naturals. According to them, their Smart Sorb CBD has 30 times better absorption in the first 30 minutes. So you can relax fast. Then it's on to Dreamtown, where you are the sheriff of terror. You can do it! Get those teens! Become a terror! Make CBD a part of reaching your full potential with Nextevo Naturals. Go to nextevo.com slash podcast and use promo code MORENEWS to get 20% off your first order of $40 or more. That's 20% off $40 or more at N-E-X-T-E-V-O dot com slash podcast with code MORENEWS. Hello, small and large business owners. Look at you in your business suit, eating a briefcase to gain its powers. Someday you can become the most powerful business person of all. And a good way to do that is to use stamps.com. They've been helping businesses for 25 years by providing a way to print postage right from your home. So you can spend your precious business time doing the important things, such as eating more briefcases or eating other business people. What's more, Stamps.com gives you the best discounts in the biz, like up to 88% off USPS and UPS. Postage rates will always increase, and so Stamps.com will automatically show you the best rates available so you can have that extra edge and gobble up the competition with your giant unhinging jaw. Sign up with promo code MORENEWS for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code MORENEWS. Do it today, you beautiful business snake. That's the sound of business. Okay. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you uh, (laughs) set us up for this first story? Yeah, the first story is about the lab leak theory. The energy department... Uh, sent a report, a classified intelligence report to the White House and members of Congress, uh, saying that it believed with low confidence that a lab leak was the more likely uh, scenario for the origin of COVID-19 than natural transmission. This is something that many other agencies and many scientists uh, dispute. This came out 
from a, a Wall Street Journal headline that read, Lab Leak, Most Likely Origin of COVID-19 Pandemic, Energy Department Now Says, which is a true thing that it said in the headline, but there's a lot of context left out, and the lab leak theory is now being kind of touted on the right as if it's like, a victory, we win the argument of how this started, and also it matters greatly politically. Right. Well, A, I mean, the headline is interesting just because they did the claim first. And, you know, there's, like, different, like, methods of headlines, but just, like, it's the most likely COVID-19 origin, Energy Department says. <laughs> like, it gets, it gets yeah. you. Also, I think it's just generally kind of funny that it's, it, there, like, there's this vindication with a lot of people, like, we see we were right. It's like, don't you not trust, like, the government and the FBI? Isn't, like... Don't you think the FBI is like after Trump and like lying to like put him in prison? But now you're like, see, the Chinese leaked the virus. And it's just one of those contradictions that always happens with stuff like this, where the FBI is bad when they're going after Donald Trump specifically, but good when they sort of confirm your priors. It's so interesting because I feel like every couple of months we get this thing of like, it's definitively a lab leak. And then within like a week or two, like, it's like, no, not really. Like we no one like, it's just a strong theory that is like being presented as fact again and again and mm. again. And it, I think like it's, I mean, I just think it's kind of like, obviously like irresponsible to to like be putting out these reports with like low confidence when they don't have actual proof. I recognize that I'm as vulnerable to like cognitive biases and things like everyone else, but I also think of myself as Mr. Evidence. So I'm like, let me, you know, get like bullet point all of the different bits of evidence with this. And like there just seems to be a lot more for natural transmission. Like we might be, I might be wrong. There might be something way more definitive that comes out, but you know. Yeah, that's the thing uh, before we get it, because I do want to get into like the pieces of, of evidence that are actually being released. Um, but I think that's an important thing to mention because I feel like there's like, it's impossible to talk about anything anymore um, without it being like, oh, so you love this or like, oh, so you think we should do this. It's like, we just don't know. And it's okay to not know. And also, like, don't they think that COVID's no big deal? <laughs> so, like, why does it matter? But it will be good to know. And maybe it is that. Like, it's the kind of thing that people are framing like, oh, so you just th you think it's a conspiracy theory? No, it's we don't know yet. And it will be good to know definitively um, because, yeah, if it did leak from somewhere, we should have better safety regulations for these kinds of things. Um, and there's a conversation to happen with that but uh it's just yeah it seems it does seem irresponsible to sort of throw it out like that and say see we we were right well low confidence from the energy department i don't know is that good enough i will almost push back on your point about like why do we need to know and mm. i know that's like a weird thing to say but like the reality is like natural transmissions of of like diseases from animals to humans are still going to happen and then if it was a lab leak it's just going to cause really difficult foreign relationships and a lot more racism and it's not like we as americans would have any control over the safety regulations of labs in china and so i'm almost of the mind of like why do we even need to know <laughs> mm. uh, well we do have some relationship with these labs right like there is like there is a, a sort of like international like effort to like do these kinds of projects 
Right, like the International Space Station. Yeah, there's kind things like that. It's okay if, like, you know, an alien virus leaked from the International Space Station, we can have some sort of leverage there. But I do see your point. Like, it is, I mean, and also with the FBI doing this and the Department of Energy doing this, and it just does seem like they're pushing a lot more to, like, we really need to have a conflict with China. We, like, we need to do this. It seems like so much of the, um, the lab leak theory is just based on the idea that, like, well, there's a lab there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's right? primarily, like, there was a lab there. Which is there because it's close to where there are a lot I was gonna of say, interactions right. between, like that's they put it where the viruses where are, the like viruses are exactly yeah you know, the animals and the bat cage so they can study them. Yeah. I mean the evidence is kind of mostly circumstantial for both the lab leak and natural transmission, but there's just more like all of the the clusters of original cases seem to transmit from there. The stall where they think it originated was photographed in 2014 by a scientist who was like, there's raccoon dogs and stuff here. This is a real danger. And then they found actual virus in that area of the market. Hmm. And if you believe that it leaked from a lab, you'd have to believe that someone accidentally infected themselves and then started spreading it around this market independently while not infecting someone on the train or at home like you 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 do kind of have to believe that extraordinary things happened and then there was a cover-up which Mm -hmm. look if if that had happened they would try to cover it up absolutely so but you do have to kind of believe in a more kind of elaborate cover-up especially because the people who worked at that lab were like no none of these gain-of-function experiments were happening at the lab you know how like fauci was there personally like combining yeah, yeah, yeah. coronaviruses he and his, to make yeah it. he and his wife were uh yeah doing yeah all the... <laughs> fauci and his wife were there like personally like doing genetic experiments like that didn't happen so then you'd have to say like okay all of these people were lying and the government got to them which again maybe but it mm-hmm. just seems a lot less <laughs> likely to me low confidence i would say yes i i have to know what is a raccoon dog I don't know. Take it away, Jonathan. <laughs> I uh, wrote down. I wrote down what they said. Is that they're I mean, apparently common. The common, common raccoon dog. You know what? I'll also admit, called the Chinese or Asian raccoon dog. This does look like a mix between a raccoon and a dog. I think really? they nailed it. Hundred percent. Google raccoon dog. Mm-hmm. The images you will see are like dogs with. Oh a my god! Raccoon. Yeah. What is this? Common raccoon dog. Oh, it's like a, it's kind of like a fox, I guess. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. heavy, heavy set fox-like. Wow. Anyway, they shouldn't be kept in filthy cages so close. Oh, no. Probably not. Lots of contact <laughs> with humans. In fact, I would uh, argue that no cage should be filthy. I would agree. Just don't have filthy cages. Yeah, clean the cages. Mm-hmm. I also think like there's give them something opposable of... thumbs. <laughs> oh no, we can't have mm-hmm. that. Not yeah. on, not on a day like today. No. There's something about how everyone, no matter what they believe, is lamenting that this became political. So even the people who are celebrating because they were like, I was right the whole time, are like, it's a shame that this became political because the left dug in mm-hmm. so much. It was the left that was like shutting down all debate of this. And was that true? I don't recall it being a like, you're banned for talking about that. I just remember it being kind of like a, a topic that, uh elicited a lot of mockery 
It was definitely like uh, framed as a conspiracy theory uh, originally. Right. Well, because I think originally it was tied to like, oh, the, it was done intentionally as like a bio weapon. Well, right. Mm. But also, even if it wasn't like kind of definitionally, it was a conspiracy theory because it requires a cover up. Right. There, there it was it leaked whether or not it's a bio weapon, which it's not. It leaked and then they covered it up. It was a conspiracy to cover up this thing. So like even if you even if it's true, conspiracy theory is like the correct term, right? Because the theory is that there's a conspiracy to cover it up. I think so. That doesn't seem necessarily unfair. We did an episode about this and I, we came down on just like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's like there were scientists initially who were like, ah, this is very unlikely. And also the people who are behind this are doing it for political reasons. It's like, trump type people so we're gonna push back against this and so nowadays i think they're remembering a bunch of scientists talking against it and they're like all those libs who were yelling at us about this and now we're right and you need to go away also COVID's not big a, a big deal and didn't happen so or exactly what talking yeah. about yeah. yeah it's just the cold so why do you care that a cold was leaked <laughs> um <laughs> do you want to go through the evidence a little bit Sure. To get a sense, because I think that that is uh, important, probably, right? Yeah, we talked a little bit about how there's a lab there. The Wuhan Institute of Vi Virology is the lab, the WIV. It did research with animals that carry relatives of SARS-CoV-2, according to the FBI. And there had been safety concerns at that lab that diplomats had brought up to the Trump administration in 2018. Did they do anything about it? No, they did not. And uh -huh. I would argue that no administration in 2018 would have been likely to do anything because they're sure. who cares? Yeah, what is this? Yeah. And some not not every early case had connection to the Huanan market, only some. And so some did, some did not. Some did, some did not. Mo most did. Right. But I think there were like 13 out of 41 that did not. And two researchers there were sick with something in November. 2019 we didn't have tests we didn't they didn't, they didn't have tests yeah. are there, are there details about what their sickness was like flu-like flu-like okay so okay. you know it could could have been mm -hmm. we don't know so uh, that's what i mean when i say circumstantial evidence it's like oh they were sick their people were getting sick in in mm -hmm. november oh some someone had the flu in the winter oh my mm. god yeah. <laughs> it's wild. It could have been early COVID. And then, but right, when you go through the, the evidence of natural transmission and you look at the maps of the clusters of cases, it's right there. Um, there were two distinct coronavirus strains first spotted at that market. So if it was a leak, they would have both had to have been leaked from the lab there. I guess it's possible that one could have been leaked there and then very, very quickly mutated. But mm. that's a lot of speculation. And also just there's no evidence that they had this at that lab, which is where we're getting into cover-up territory. They, we'd have to believe that there was a lot of lies going on about what was in that lab specifically. So maybe that would be a huge scandal. And like before it happened too, right? Like, like kind of knowing that like maybe there will be a leak, so we have to prepare to like lie about it. Well, the idea is that they would have found this virus in like a bat cave years earlier and been like hanging on to it secretly mm. for years <laughs> okay well interesting theory but <laughs> wait well, right. for more evidence also before we move on 
it's i want to point out that other federal agencies just yesterday said that havana syndrome was not caused by a foreign adversary or any directed energy weapon and so i Mm. would hope that the people celebrating the lab leak theory who suddenly believe everything federal agencies say Mm. will now be like on board i guess we don't have to invade cuba for their uh their energy ray yeah i think we can put that off until but until then the next uh agency comes out and is like actually it was until (laughs) yeah until another cia agent gets a headache then we'll reassess that no i mean the havana syndrome was really terrible for a lot of people like it is an interesting i'm i'm more interested in the origins of that than i am the origins of covid in a lot of ways right because symptoms can be very real and very debilitating but we can't have a debate about the origin of it without it being like well you're you know those are real people having real symptoms and Mm -hmm. you're like for sure but then it's like do you think it's it's either a ray gun or crickets yeah or crickets or what some people experienced was caused by something and then other people took on a more right psychosomatic Mm -hmm. you know it's yeah that like because the thing about the covid thing is like it's not like like i kind of alluded to earlier like it's not like oh if we figure out that it came from this lab then we're set like we're good because we won't have more pandemics caused by animal mm-hmm. transmission right, right. like it doesn't really protect us from anything yeah exactly uh first uh case of uh what h5n1 uh yesterday i think uh speaking of wait in the u.s uh i believe so but again i don't have uh no in china well, because it's it's much, much harder for H5N1 to like spread among people. Mm-hmm. If we started seeing that, if we started seeing that bird flu spread quickly among people, we'd have way bigger problems. It'd be a real problem. Yeah. This we would we would maybe not be recording a podcast. Maybe right not. Now. Um, but I was like, you are right that like it's the kind of thing where it's like, OK, but we handled the pandemic poorly. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever the cause of it, we did a bad right. job. <laughs> Uh, and it's not the last one, so maybe we should assess that a little bit more. Yeah, like that's what's more interesting to me is like how do we if if another thing happens, what are we going to do differently? And mm-hmm. how did we like massively mess this up? And how do we or even how do we depoliticize you know pandemics and illness? And like there just seems like a way better use of our time and money <laughs> in yeah. terms of investigating. I don't know if we will, but <laughs> <laughs> we are going to say hi, everybody. And then wait, hi, everybody. And then we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come right back with even more news. Ah, oh, geez, money. Am I right? We hate it. Saving it and such and so on. You know, money and how money is hard and how it's haunted. And how subscriptions exist, and you have those, and you need to cancel them because of your money, you see. But there is a solution. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Because you get the deal. Money. Hard. As I already said that before. Also, ghosts in the money sometimes they scream at you and try to eat your fingers but at least rocket money can help with the part where money is hard by keeping track of and canceling your subscriptions not so much about the ghosts so why not give it a try stop throwing your haunted money away 
Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash more news. That's rocketmoney.com slash more news. And we are back after the thing I said would happen happened with even more news. Hi, I'm Cody. And with me is Jonathan and Allison. And we're talking about the freaking news today (laughs) on this beautiful Egg McMuffin day. I do kind of want one. I hate that I kind of want one now. That's okay. Just like saying the words a bunch. I like, I egg-pilled myself. (laughs) Are they served throughout the day or is it just a breakfast item? I think throughout the day now, right? Didn't they expand? I think breakfast is all the time now. Yeah, all day breakfast. I only go there for fries, so I don't really know, but I'm Mm. I'm pretty sure that it's all available. You guys want to talk about the Supreme Court? I love the Supreme Court. It's awesome. Well, they uh, they heard oral arguments this week regarding the Biden administration's student loan forgiveness plan, and many of the conservatives expressed a lot of skepticism about it. Mm. Reading some of the arguments, it seems to have a lot less to do with the constitutionality of the plan, according to the conservatives, as it does the fact that they kind of don't like it and don't want people to have their student loans forgiven. I want to read this quote from Samuel Alito, who... Uh, along with other uh, justices, brought up fairness a lot. He kept prodding the Solicitor General about why it's fair, because some people didn't have uh, student loans at all, and they couldn't have it forgiven. He goes, "Uh, why is it fair? Why is it in the answer to say that it was warranted? Maybe it was warranted, but why was it done? I guess you don't want to answer the question. Oh, my God. And I I read it like that because that's how he said it and because she had answered the question. (laughs) This is such a topic that i think reveals how you view the world in a very succinct way like it it reveals like your mentality of like how you view other people how you view yourself and like what type of world you want to live in and so uh, i'll be bold and say if you're someone who thinks that this program is unfair you're not the type of person i want to be around at all <laughs> yeah it really speaks to a lot of other issues and just your yeah your worldview like why is it fair it's such a weird that's a weird question for the supreme court to focus on and it's also just like this fundamental misunderstanding that oh up until this moment everything else has been fair right right the fact that like oh some people could afford college without loans and some people couldn't well isn't that where sort of the unfairness Mm -hmm. begins instead of happening now yeah general issues like generational (laughs) wealth and all these kinds of things like well isn't all like it's just funny because it's i mean the world's just a non-stop parade of contradictions but the idea of like well why is this fair these are the same people who are like well life's not fair that's not fair. Like they, mm-hmm. they revel in unfairness, right? Um, but as soon as this happens, like, well, that's not fair. Tough shit. Fuck off. Like, yeah, like that's never that's not how any laws are passed or how our nation has ever been governed. Or specifically um, conservatives and like American Republicans have never operated on an idea of fairness. Yeah, like Sotomayor brought this up in response to Alito and she's like look during especially during the pandemic laws were passed for specific groups there was the PPP for small business owners and we paused you know student loan repayments for people who had them and certain people didn't have to worry about evictions 
you know, if you pass an eviction moratorium and then you say, well, but what about all the people who own their homes? Like, do they, everyone, they all get a thousand dollars? I mean, they did. They, right. Everyone got <laughs> right, money. Right. But like, but like, that's not how we make laws mm -hmm. ever. But for this specific thing, it like rubs Alito and Roberts and Gorsuch the wrong way enough that there have to be like, well, I didn't get it. Right. What about my Well, my and if stuff? they do want to be like, it's not fair. Okay, then give everybody free college or like like there's like if you want to talk about fairness then we can do that but they actually don't want to talk about fairness they just want to say no and then i don't know ban trans people from like doing anything um well, right. they'd alive. rather get yeah. back to those serious questions that they'd rather exactly. be ruling on for sure it's just such a foreign way to think about people like and it's so hard because like with so many republican talking points and opinions i'm like if i told this to an alien they would be like these people are too evil like make it a little more nuanced <laughs> right right <laughs> you know what i mean like it's so it's like it is just so deeply wild and like and it also they they love to like pretend it's like about this moment this moment of of forgiveness or not but what it's about is allowing for for inequality to continue right because who's going to get their loans forgiven and then what life can they have with loans forgiven is going to set them up for a different life than if they don't have it it's going to set them up to be able to save and to be able to invest and to be able to potentially create wealth that they can then pass on to their children and that is just like so nope 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 mm -hmm. nope we have to keep keep the status quo keep the poor people poor and that's what fair that's what's fair in american mm -hmm. it's always what's fair to them yeah they're not even like thinking about those questions of like it didn't really come up like oh this is how many people would benefit from it this is what it would do like there are studies on this of what happens if you cancel ten thousand dollars of people's debt they can start business saving they can spending money jobs. and can, like getting the economy right. going. yeah it's good for the economy so it like has the effect of doing all these things that they like but it helps it helps poor, poor people, people yeah. so they can't abide it and so it, it by the way it's not like a foregone conclusion that they're going to rule against this a lot of people who watched um the the oral arguments thought that there was a lot of skepticism uh both ways and apparently the um, solicitor general on the side of the Biden administration did a much better job than the opposing attorney, mm -hmm. which usually doesn't matter if they've made up their minds right. already, but I, there still may be a positive outcome here, maybe question. Yeah. Mark. I know that like the Supreme Court's supposed to be non-political, right? But obviously that's long gone if ever around if ever the case. And and the thing about this in particular is I think this is if they if they make it so this can't happen the republican base is not going to be happy there's like a lot of people that are benefiting from this program where then i think it's kind of that thing of like a lot of these like republican policies once they're actually implemented people don't like them oh yeah they're wildly unpopular uh their policies and their party <laughs> their entire ideology is actually very unpopular uh they're just very loud it's i mean we've talked about this before if they don't do this and then okay so it's it's gonna it's this constant kicking the can that's going to happen, and because they're gonna have to unpause student loan payments at some point, uh, or not, and no president wants to be the guy to do that. 
Like no one's going to be like, you know how you didn't have to pay these? Like regardless of party, you didn't have to pay this for three years. It's been like three years. And then someone's eventually going to have to say like, you got to do it again. Sorry. It's a light, very long time. And it seems like the kind of thing that like will be kicked down the road. And then like, I don't know, maybe DeSantis is going to ha- be in that position where he's going to be like, uh, and w- one of my main platform issues is you got to pay your loans again. <laughs> like that's not a winning message. Yeah. I have this horrible vision of like June 2024 and Biden's like, well, fair's fair. Everyone has to Mm. pay their like a couple months before the election. He'll be like, you all have to pay these loans again. I don't want to win. Yeah. Yeah. But right. You would think he just is like, great. I'll pause it. It'll be unpaused. I don't know. March 2015. Exactly. Like your move. Yeah. Um. Or yeah. 2025. (laughs) I wish it was 2015. No, I know. Speaking of fairness and uh, ghouls like gouging uh, the poor, um, do you want to talk about this uh, insulin cap? Oh, my God. (laughs) So Eli Lilly announced this week that they were lowering the price of uh, their insulin by 70 percent and capping out of pocket costs for patients to thirty five dollars a month, uh, which puts it in line with the standards established for Medicare patients um, in the Inflation Reduction Act last year. This is very good news. This is, of course, what they, what every company that has insulin should do. It's a life-saving drug. People need it. Mm. You make monumental profits. Yeah, it seems like a it. pretty easy um, thing that it's one of those things. Like the argument is for so long is like, well, if we do that, we can't make profits and stuff. Apparently, it's actually very easy to lower the price this much. It's a lot, and they'll be fine. Um, it's a very good data point i think in the future just be like actually they don't need to do this they can do this much much uh cheaper yeah it's like not a lot of industries can do that there are industries with like very thin margins like you don't see restaurants being like you know what we're gonna drop all of our prices 70 percent. we can afford it we make billions (laughs) of dollars every year but this company can just do it and it's like oh why aren't we taking you over Mm -hmm. Why are we national? Why didn't you do this, this earlier? Uh, why are more people doing it? Why aren't you doing it for other uh, medications? All kinds of questions pop up w- knowing that, yeah, they just decided to drop it by 70%. I think um, I saw someone tweet about how like this kind of happened because of Elon Musk screwing up Twitter and t- letting an account tweet as if they were the company saying they were lowering prices and that causing outrage and so in some like weird way elon musk screwing up twitter has allowed for this wonderful thing to happen (laughs) it's kind of beautiful and like it's also the kind of thing that like he wouldn't necessarily ever like promote or want um like it's not like part of his like uh his political beliefs that like this should happen uh, it just did accidentally. I feel like back in the day, maybe. Oh, like, yeah. I don't before. know. His political beliefs have changed, I feel like. Yeah. Or at least uh, publicly, he would probably say that. Um, and now he yeah. wouldn't feel that pressure uh, to say that, even if he does uh, does or doesn't believe it. I think it is important, I think, to point out how much pressure that Bernie Sanders has been putting on these companies and mm. like subpoenaing their CEOs and like really putting a lot of like congressional pressure on them. I In my head... I, there's the uh the the predator meme with the uh, arms and the hands shaking and on one side it's like bernie on purpose and the other side is elon accidentally and it in the middle <laughs> is lowering uh insulin prices um it's very uh god it's so it's one of the funniest things that ever happened is that stock price plummeting 
because of the yeah. tweet. <laughs> like, if like and you know since that wasn't like a fundamental thing to its business their stock price recovered after that but there was focus on eli Lilly in a way that there had not been in a long time people don't google them and talk no. about this pharmaceutical giant all the time so the fact that a fake account got verified tweeted we are excited to announce that insulin is free now and it was one of those like four or five tweets that was indicative of what an what absolute disaster yeah. the uh, initial Twitter blue rollout was. I, I, I wouldn't put it past Elon to like reply to a tweet announcing that news with like, you're welcome. And then the cry laughing emoji or something. I promise you he will do but, that and right. take credit for it at some point. It is like directly related to a, a very immediate and very noticeable screw up on yes. his part. One of, you know, dozens of screw ups that are now, being scrutinized very heavily over the last few months. I think even Elon Musk is probably shocked at how much his every move is being like documented mm. now because he was like, I was the richest person. I was the CEO of Tesla. But the the kind of scrutiny that he gets by like destroying Twitter is like way higher. So now because I don't remember uh, Tesla's investor day being as covered. No, as it was uh, this week and getting to see like, oh, they're the for some reason, banning whole Mars catalog and a bunch oh, of other so people funny. from going to their investor day. Well, they or don't showing want the scammers there. They, uh, they only want Elon, <laughs> the the king scammer. That yeah, that graphic of like, here's what uh, how we'll make cyber trucks in the future. No date. Never. There's never uh, an official date. It looks exactly the same as it used to, right? The cyber truck. The cyber truck. Yeah, I couldn't tell yeah, you. Yeah, the they're like, oh, this looks even more impressive in person, and it's like. This is still a hideous silver triangle. <laughs> this is like, well, if you're still going to Tesla Investor Day and you're being like super jazzed and excited, I just, I can't be in that. I don't space. understand it. It's like, even the, even the day itself, because sometimes it's like, here's a new car. Like, here's a thing. There was nothing there that happened. It was literally just like, in the future, we're going to buy a bunch of land and be really efficient at resource extraction or something like it was just like this vague like we're gonna do really well in the future oh he didn't announce a product or anything no it's all just like everything will be electrified everything, everything will be great. Electri- really great uh our process will change uh slowly we're working on it but it was very vague he rambled all the time i mean it rambles generally all the time anyway but from what i've absorbed uh they didn't <laughs> announce anything new um, so I don't know why they even did it, but uh, fanfare. Yeah, well, exactly. He's a PR guy. That's all yeah. uh, he is, quote unquote, good at. I would argue he's actually maybe kind of bad at it. But I feel like the thing that blew my mind was like learning that that he hasn't created anything mm. that like he didn't create PayPal. He didn't create Tesla. Like he just comes in and like to these things that are already happening. But I think so many people still think that he created these things. When, like, as we're seeing with Twitter, like, he doesn't, I don't, he can't really get through a day. He really can't get through a day. He must be so tired. Um, Yeah, he's not, like, he's, uh, we've made this comparison before, but, like, he's not Tesla, he's Einstein. Uh, Or not Einstein, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Uh, He's Edison. Not Tesla is what I meant to say, but even then he's not like it's just yeah like, because Edison was working right. On it's stuff, just like he just, he's just a yeah PR circus thief like he's just an investor yeah um and even like uh there's a like there are engineers who used to work at Tesla who were like yeah I invented this battery 
this like the way that this battery is like a thousand times more efficient i literally invented that um and now he's i don't work got there. his name like, yeah. <laughs> no he's, he's on like three patents i think and one is for like the shitty door it's for the handle yeah yeah, yeah. i think right oh right the the handle that i've never actually had to, i've never opened one of those it just looks like it would be like it would hurt your it seems so unpleasant it's confusing. Well, but also like and this is i uh <laughs> to his credit uh to be fair and balanced i will say that part of that reason i think aside from the fact that he doesn't he's not an inventor and he doesn't he doesn't actually do this aside from that one of the reasons uh is because he doesn't purportedly believe in patents as like a thing that is like helpful because then well if i've patent on this then you can't it, it it sort of stalls innovation and like communication between the scientific community and engineers and people who are trying to create things so part of it is like all of his patents are open and tesla because he wants people to be able to use that purportedly but also he's like kind of a fraud <laughs> <laughs> Um, maybe, I don't know if there was a patent required for that fart horn, but I would imagine his name would be on oh, the Oh, yeah, fart that's the thing. Well. Yeah, he's got to do the, the fart horn. That, I, look, I believe wholeheartedly that that was his idea. If anyone's ever like, Musk has invented stuff, you could be like, the fart horn for sure. Yeah, that the, the fart button. NHTSA made him take away because it's like dangerous Allison, you look to be driving <laughs> and just hear a fart. Allison, you look so confused. So uh, uh, Tesla's at one point, <laughs> uh everything's in the screen you got to go through the menus and do the thing and yeah. there's like a secret like thing that was introduced because it's all like uh software updates where you just hit a button and it blasts fart sounds outside <laughs> of the car um like that's the bit that's the the fun little troll i guess that he wanted to put in his car um but then he had to take it out because it's dangerous <laughs> how is it dangerous People were concerned that their friends and loved like... ones were ill. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, yeah, they might think the car was <laughs> violently yeah, ill. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's a bad car. At them. I mean, I don't know. I think it's just like there must be a regulation about what a horn has to sound like and how loud uh, and stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know specifically, but they made him, made him take <laughs> they made it him out. Do an update to take it out. And he was very upset. He's like, come on, regulators. This is what regulators always do. They take away my real funny, funny bits. Yeah. I should write for Rick yeah, and Morty. This is Elon I'm going to have my still. horns go 420, 420. <laughs> we did, you know, we didn't even have an Elon story in this episode. No, we didn't. Yet here <laughs> we was, go. It was about <laughs> insulin. This is what happens when Katie's not God. here. We just do a, a free form 12 minutes. Sorry, Katie. Damn it. I, Damn it. I think it was my fault. I apologize. <laughs> it's relevant. Like, he did that. Like, it's partly because of him. Yeah, there's no way to talk about the Eli yeah. story without talking about you him. Can't. So, not your fault. <laughs> do you think that they'll keep the price cut, or do you think over time they'll slowly hike it back up? Mm, that's a sad question. <laughs> it's so publicized now, can they? I guess they could argue inflation and that they has to be right, 50. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the supply chain means for insulin i can't imagine that they would they must make so much money on other stuff and it would be right. it would just be they, such horrible press right to do that after doing this thing that's like is getting them some you know i don't even know if praise is the right word but like slight gratitude but you're right oh, maybe man. they will fucking do that because imagine they if can. martin shkreli if martin shkreli bought eli Lilly and is like we're jacking yeah. it up 700 dollars yeah. a month <laughs> Just like, I, I don't think I'm hated enough yeah. right now. 
you know what they're getting good press for doing this i just want to look up like what are the three drugs that they're just gouging people for oh totally um right now probably all their drugs other than insulin at this point they're uh let's see trulicity is their top product by revenue trulicity i don't support that name (laughs) i feel like a lot of americans don't understand how we're being gouged if that makes sense that like that it is so possible for these companies to cut costs and still be you know financially solvent and making money and all of those things and i hope that this will will start to open people's eyes to the fact that like pushing back works Mm -hmm. and that these regulations and that like asking for you know for having the government argue more from for medicare medicaid costs and like trying to then get that for private insurances like that this is not that we i feel like we've been set up to believe that the pharmaceutical industry is untouchable despite so many other countries having a completely different relationship mm-hmm. with the pharmaceutical industry and so my optimistic brain is like maybe this is the beginning of the big fight where people finally realize that the fight is winnable mm-hmm. But my skepticism says, let's check back in in six months and see what insulin yeah. costs. <laughs> we can, we'll cap it on the hopeful thought, though, because I think yes. that that is valid <laughs> and it's, uh, it is true um, that it's possible and uh, probable even and good. And uh, it, that's a, a future and a world that we can all agree we would want to live in. So thank you for that positivity. Allison, uh, do you want to... <laughs> I'm sorry, I interrupted the, the other drugs that they have. I feel bad. Uh, um, <laughs> some made-up words that cost too much money. <laughs> do you want to uh, uh, give us your pluggables? Uh, where can people find you? Um, what do you want people to know about your online presence? <laughs> Yeah, so my socials are at Allison Raskin. And then um, you can listen to my weekly podcast, Just Between Us, anywhere podcasts are available. Um, We've got a Wednesday show with interviews and variety segments. And then a Monday show that's us sort of exploring Reddit and um, me learning what Reddit is. (laughs) And then um, I'd love for people to purchase the book, Overthinking About You. And I also have a mental health brand of the stuff that i do called emotional support lady which is both an instagram and a Substack. thank you so much for being here and that's so much podcasting thank you for dropping by and uh giving us your time (laughs) oh thank you for having me i had a blast all right well we're gonna head out and stop talking about the news um but before we go uh the thing that katie says and then i say much (laughs) 